essentially what this can do for our body and tons and tons of different medical applications. I mean, where, where really do I start truly? Um, the benefits of combo in a medical space, it helps with autoimmune disease. It can help and has helped <laughs> in big ways with depression, with anxiety, with chronic illness, any kind of like autoimmune disease, bacterial infections, um, chronic illnesses, HIV, HPV, um, cancer, fertility. It just, the list goes on and on. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Today's guest is with one of my oldest friends in the whole world. We've been friends since we were 14, now for over 20 years. Amy Romano is a combo practitioner and a plant medicine integrationist. If you've never heard of combo medicine, or you have, but are unfamiliar with it and wanting to learn more, this episode will open your heart and mind to this beautiful medicine and its incredible healing benefits. Amy explains about how she was truly called to this path of service and how she couldn't imagine doing anything else. She opens up about an ayahuasca ceremony where she saw exactly how she'd find her biological mother and that their relationship has been one of the greatest gifts of her life and how COVID destroyed her dream to travel the world, which put her in a very dark place, but it actually put her exactly where she was supposed to be. This is a special episode. I want to welcome literally one of my oldest friends in the world. We've been friends since we were 14 years old mm -hmm. uh, from high school uh, and just really excited uh, to have you here, Amy. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Literally, I was just thinking a second ago, I'm like, 
are you my oldest friend in the world? What other people do I know since I was like 14 years old? I don't know anymore. I don't know. Oh, Kaylin. Yeah, right. Just mm-hmm. our friends, I guess, still from high school. But yeah, yeah right. Since we were 14. It's a beautiful. So I'm, and I'm 36 right now. We're both 37. 37. 37. You're always the baby. Always the baby. <laughs> it's interesting when you can really think about who you, we were at 14 years old to all of the things that we've gone through in life to this point. And now, I mean, it will go obviously beyond this point, mm-hmm. but to think of really what's happened over those years and that we've gone through all these things and that we're still such good friends. It's really beautiful. There's something there that's just so special. It is so special and so sacred. And I mean, you are one of the most important people in my life. You have been fundamental in so many spaces. We've watched each other grow. We've watched each other at our best and worst. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yes. And it, it's it's especially sacred to me um, because having gone through all of those different stages and identities, you know, we also came out on this side mm. and evolved at different times for sure. But we evolved into the space that we're, that we landed in now, mm-hmm. you know, the spiritual path, yoga coming into your life in San Diego after having entered mine years before. And then we just landed here and it's just better than ever. Mm-hmm. Such a gift. It is. I love it too. Like we've been uh, together with each other for like the best and the worst. I'm like, the worst was there. Like, mm-hmm. And I like love that about it too, though. I'm like, right? Me too. It is. Yeah. There's something that feels like so good about that. It's like we saw each other literally when we were, you know, not the best versions of ourselves at all, but like we're still mm-hmm. here. We still saw each other through. Mm hmm. Just cool. But we we're still able to hold those versions of ourselves so close to our heart because we needed them. They were yes. so important, you know, and just truly accepting who we once were and how it served us for who we are now. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. feel like so much of the time when we're, especially as we're going through different stages and we're transitioning for sure, and we evolve sometimes, you know, not past, it's not a competition. It's not who's farther, higher, lower. That doesn't exist at all. It's just sometimes, you know, we just evolve in different directions and we move away from each other, but that just never happened with us ever Mm. in any space, you know, Mm -hmm. so many years of like all of the partying stuff or like relationship stuff, dramatic stuff, just getting lost in the human experience stuff. And yeah, we just made it. Mm-hmm. And there were like and it moments, wasn't even it wasn't even hard. It was easy. Uh, you, honestly, right? It does. <laughs> it felt easy. Mm-hmm. And now, right now, it feels even easier. It literally mm-hmm. does. It's like it just it feels good to really know somebody. You know, I don't know how many people know somebody. You know, from their childhood, from their teenage years. Some people do, but some people don't know anybody like that at all. Mm-hmm. So really, to to have yeah. that to be something where we do our calls every Thursday. So we're talking and seeing mm-hmm. each other almost every single week. Like mm-hmm. that has helped us, I think as well too. Yeah. And yeah. our relationship has been such a gift in so, so many ways, especially because it is so rare and unique in ways that generally speaking um, are not as accepted. I think, you know, the fact that, we're different genders, all these different things that we've dealt with our whole life, right? Of like 
so many people that are uncomfortable with the idea of, you know, their boyfriend having a best friend that's a woman, vice versa, right? There's just like, that can be really uncomfortable for a lot of people, but it was always so genuine and so honest and so real. We just had such a sacred friendship mm -hmm. always and having to like defend it and moving through all of that. Um, yeah, it was just always honest. You and our other two great friends, Finn and Joe, um, you guys taught me what having brothers was like. You were the brothers that I knew that was what I was familiar with because I was raised as an only child. And I had an understanding of what that felt like, what that looked like through you guys, you know? And now, I mean, I've always just called you my brother. Whenever I introduce you to anyone or I'm talking about, oh yeah, Justin, like my brother. Mm -hmm. That's like, well, that really is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I even feel like I'm even a deeper connection than like siblings. Mm -hmm. Because even like... Tom, my sibling is my best friend. Like, I even think that we're closer than siblings. It's, it's like, you know, we're just even, it's like our souls are just connected yeah. in a way. I totally agree. And I think that's just because we're chosen. We choose each other to be family. You know, so much of the time family is just family because it has to be. It was already in place and it is that way. And yeah. then you have to feel forced or compelled or whatever just to like accept someone because they're your family, which I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the time. Right. But this is chosen. I make the choice every day, you know, yeah. and so do you. So, yeah, it's, it's special. It is. Sometimes I'll go back to like my 14 year old self, freshman year of high school, and I'll like look around. I'm like, who am I going to be friends with when I'm 36? And like, <laughs> I don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's wild who, you know, who's made it through. And there's a couple of others, you know, who yeah. we have stayed friends with for, for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And when you just know somebody through that long of a period of time, and when you've gone through so many stages of your life, mm -hmm. You just know people on a, on a deeper level that like someone coming in right now just doesn't know them at that level, obviously, because they haven't totally. seen every bit of you. Like, so I just, I, I appreciate our friendship. I love it so much. It's really exciting for me to have you here on the podcast today. Um, so we can talk about the work that you're doing because, you yeah. know, I, I want to use this platform obviously to spread love. And I believe that plant medicine is a form of love. Um, and just putting this out there too, like, it's okay. If it's not for you right now, if it's not for you ever still love you. It like it has no bearing on our love for who you are. And even in this conversation that me and Amy are having and are going to continue to have, it's not saying you have to do this. This is the only right way. It's just putting the information out there. Mm -hmm. It's just literally loving you and, and just giving you information and, creating a platform or a place where your awareness can be brought here. If mm -hmm. you are interested in learning more about plant medicine and things like that, that's it. Mm -hmm. It's just there. It's literally just there as like a tool as something out of love just to give you, if it resonates with you. Awesome. If it doesn't Great. awesome. Great. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if you can, you know, so Amy is a, a combo practitioner. Mm -hmm. If we can maybe just like start there and then dive into ayahuasca and some of the other things, obviously that you're working into uh, your practice and things that you're doing. But if yeah. you can just even give people, you know, just the background and understanding of what combo even is. Sure. Sure. Um, I, <laughs> it's so, it's so much. Uh, mm -hmm. I remember one of my, one of my teachers, he would always be like, you know, when we say, where do we start? Like, I don't even know where to start. And he would just say at the beginning, like very calm, just at the beginning. Okay. Okay. 
Mm. Um, just for a very, very, very brief background first, um, kind of how I even entered this world and how I was called to serve in it in such a big way. Um, my background is in corporate fashion and finance, and I was very much a part of the human experience in New York City for the majority of my life, if not, you know, all of my working career. Um, and then I very much got carried away in that experience. I was a big party girl. I was having a great time. It just was not fulfilling. Um, long story short, I was living in LA when yoga circled back and entered my life again. And this time I was ready to receive it. And yoga, I always think of as this great oak tree, the foundation to everything, everything else. And as I got deeper and deeper and deeper into my practice, which was in his Ashtanga, um, I would be able to start to climb and every branch would go deeper and I would just be elevated somewhere else. And it would be bigger fears and greater things that I had to tackle and experience. Um, But Lo and behold, about four years in um, to my journey with yoga, I was called by ayahuasca. And um, this is very, very, very hard to articulate to people because it's not, the phone's not ringing. You're not answering this call. It is a knowing. It is a very intuitive knowing. Um, I'm very much a hippie in my mind and heart, but not in the stereotypical way of like, you know, sitting with psychedelics and constantly tripping and doing these things. Um, I had never, ever sat with psychedelics prior to ayahuasca. And when I kept feeling and knowing that this spirit or entity or plant or vine was calling me to Peru to, to meet them, um, I just new and those that are called will be able to receive that and understand that it's just a knowing um but at that time even though i was surrounded by yogis in the city ayahuasca this was seven years ago 2016 it wasn't as quickly yeah so just remember where you're at in the story i just want to say this very fast yeah i still remember sitting with you in brian park after like work one day and you were telling me you were going to do ayahuasca and i had no idea what you were talking about (laughs) That was the really? first time I remember, first time I heard ayahuasca and I was you were telling me and I was like trying to understand it but I was so far away from that mm-hmm. I, could, I could hear your words but I wasn't absorbing anything or understanding what you were saying. Oh epic. Yeah yeah yeah. Love that. Yep. All right. Yeah, I mean no one knew what the hell I was talking about. I didn't even know what I was talking about. I just knew that I kept calling and that the calls just they were getting louder and louder and louder and they were coming with more frequency and intensity. Um, but again, I had never ever sat with psychedelics. I didn't really know that much and no one around me was talking about ayahuasca and no one knew what I was talking about, as you mentioned. So um, I ended up going to Peru. It took me forever to find a retreat center that I felt you know, in alignment with at the time, um, but then I did it and I made the jump and ayahuasca is my biggest fear because of the complete uh, surrender of control. You know, you are giving yourself completely to something that you do not know. And as humans, that's typically where so much of the fear stems from, the great unknown, right? But I'm very curious about these things and excited. But the idea of not being able to control my body or my thoughts at all, um, 
yeah, there's a lot of, lot of fear there, right? It's like really scary. And I had never ever sound psychedelics. So, um, and everyone there, when I, when I land, when I was in Peru and going through the experience, um, everyone thought I was crazy that like, how can your first time sitting with a psychedelic, you know, or entheogen be ayahuasca? Mm-hmm. I was like, it just is, she just wouldn't stop calling. Mm-hmm. That's also, um, when I first met combo, I had never ever heard of combo at all. Um, anyway, so that's where it started. And that's where everything changed from my experiences sitting with Aya during that time in Peru and sitting with combo the first time they became part of me and we have just been inseparable ever since. Um, so that's really where it started. And then there's so much to say about this, but basically I left my career completely. I uprooted my life to fulfill my dharma, my dream that I've had from lifetimes, I think prior to this one, I just came in knowing it had to be done and I had to go on this journey, which was traveling the world by myself with no plans, no itinerary, no deadlines, no nothing, just going, just absolute moksha, like freedom and liberation to do whatever it was that I wanted to do. Um, and just to completely immerse myself in cultures around the world. Um, I was eight months into that journey. I was going to at minimum be gone for a year and a half when COVID happened and crashed the party in a big way, which sent me back to the United States, back to New York. So um, that was one of the darkest periods of my life for sure, because I had the entire squad of all the plant medicines, all of uh, my my inner knowing, my truth, every everyone on the side of like, you need to go, you need to travel, you're doing this thing, this is the time, and we're going, and we're good. And my connection to the universe was so profound, and is, but at the time, you know, it was. And when everything came to this screeching halt, and I inevitably had to finally accept the fact that travel was not going to happen because COVID we all thought in the beginning was going to be like very short lived, you know, and turned out obviously that was not the case. Um, And I had to accept the fact that this was over, that this dream that I'd worked forever towards, you know, that I'd given up so much to do because this is going on a tangent, but a lot of the time when you'll say to people, oh yeah, I'm traveling the world or whatever. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. Or I'm so jealous. It's like, okay, well, you could also do this if you had that as your priority. There was nothing that any of us couldn't do if it was the priority in our life. But I gave up a lot to be able to travel because I knew I would never be able to have kids before I did this. It'd be too selfish. Like I had to fulfill this first. There's so many things that I gave up because this was the priority, you know? So when you have a family and you're saying this, like it's, we're always giving something up. This was a choice, right? Mm-hmm. And we never know what someone's dharma or someone's journey, their soul's journey is. So it's just all love and respect and, you know, mm-hmm. support for one another. Regardless, um, when I had to accept this and I went through this period of darkness, I was upset and I felt betrayed by the universe, by ayahuasca, by my spirit guides, by my intuition. Um, and I felt so lost and confused because why, you know, I felt like I could have, someone could have told me, I could have had an idea or like an inkling or something like this and not have it just taken away, you know, with nothing to give back. 
and leaving everything. You know, I loved my job and I loved my apartment and all that. Um, and it's just stuff and just things and it's okay. But it was this kind of feeling betrayed mm-hmm. until the medicine started calling me back. And lo and behold, that just as she did the retreat center that, um, I was working at recently, um, that had been in my life for a while down in Florida, they just reopened. So I immediately went and sat with Aya and then set everything right. And to which I was told, okay, like, this is it now. It's time for you to join us full time. <laughs> mm. It's not a part-time gig anymore, Amy. Um, yeah. And that's really what set the ball in motion because the calling is so loud. There'd be no way that I could ever not hear it. Um, the alignment and being in service is the greatest feeling I could ever experience. Um, it's such an absolute honor to be of service in the plant medicine space. Mm-hmm. So, but combo was an interesting one because the first time that I'd received combo in Peru, again, I had never heard of it. And the experience was um, shocking, to be honest. Uh, when you don't know anything about it. And even if you know a lot about it, it can still take you by surprise because like anything else, um, something you haven't experienced is so new and foreign. Something as intense as combo can especially take you by surprise. Um, However, it stuck with me. There's something about, there's something about this practice and this ritual that is uh, so deeply connective. Um, combo in and of itself, combo is a giant green monkey tree frog that's indigenous to the Amazon region, South America. So found all along the Amazon basin. Um, combo produces a secretion, which I want to be very, very, very clear is not a poison and is not a venom. Combo is neither of those things. Combo is a secretion. So this is something that in the media is constantly uh, portrayed, you know, in the most dramatic um, fashion, constantly, just for the headlines or just the shock value of it, right? People poisoning themselves with the blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, it's, can you curse on this? You, You can be your exact self. Yeah, it's such fucking bullshit all the time. It's not a poison and it's not a venom. If you bite something and you die, then it's a poison. And if it bites you and you die, it's a venom. This is just the secretion that the frog naturally produces, right? Mm -hmm. So combo has no natural predators um, in the jungle at all, which is fascinating. The only threats to combo are deforestation and humans, right? Mm -hmm. So the secretion found on combo, which is like this very, it's almost like if we have sunscreen on our skin, it's like this waxy secretion. It is this cocktail of peptides. And you can look at the benefits of combo and what it does from a scientific point of view, of course, and a spiritual point of view, of course. But the easiest way to explain what it does on a scientific level or what it's doing to our anatomy is the secretion contains bioactive peptides which biohackers like wet dream are peptides. So essentially 
what this can do for our body and tons and tons of different medical applications. I mean, where, where really do I start truly? Um, the benefits of combo in a medical space, it helps with autoimmune disease. It can help and has helped <laughs> in big ways with depression, with anxiety, with chronic illness, any kind of like autoimmune disease, bacterial infections, um, chronic illnesses, HIV, HPV, um, cancer, fertility. It just, the list goes on and on. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Um, yeah, chronic fatigue, so many things, so many things that it can help with, but the peptides that are found in the secretion are welcomed by the body. So if you look at something like antibiotics, right? So we were actually talking about this before we jumped on the podcast. Um, antibiotics are, are in fact, synthetic peptides. That's what they're, what they're doing. So what we will say and when training is like really stuck with me because it was so true is like when we take antibiotics it's like a burglar breaking into our house unwelcome right but our body just has to accept it because of the way that it's administered combo is not administered in the same way as an antibiotic it's administered um through the skin and then the body accepts it through the lymphatic system and i'll go deeper into this but instead of this burglar showing up this is when the body has an opportunity to say yay or nay. And it says, come on in. We are so happy to have you. And it's immediately accepted into the body, into the lymphatic system. So um, the peptides, the amino acids, these are the building blocks of life. And there are at least, at least 12 that we know of in a big, big way. Um, that have been fundamental in the medical benefits of combo. So I know it's a lot. I, I mean, thank you for helping paint that picture. Cause even for me, I still get like a little confused sometimes. So it's always nice just to hear it again and just fully understand it even more and more. Yeah. And I love, I was gonna ask you, before like that was going to be a part of this i thought about beforehand was to ask you about how you got here mm -hmm. and i'm glad that you already jumped into that on your mm -hmm. own because i think your the story is just amazing like mm -hmm. to go i love it so much to go from feeling like at a point so low that you've and i remember you telling us this too a couple of years ago feeling betrayed by the universe mm -hmm. like just feeling like it turned its back on you and in reality it brought you to exactly where you needed to be it always does it always fucking does seriously <laughs> it's like obnoxious how much everything makes sense it does but it's so hard when you're in that space you can't you can't see you don't know it's so hard when you're in it and guys i remember this so we've been doing this weekly call now for almost two and a half years and amy's been on it um, and I remember that in the beginning talking about this a lot, COVID had hit, you were home. Mm -hmm. It was a dark place for you. I yeah. remember it just, you know, and other gifts came from that with Tim and Deborah yeah. and all these things, you know oh, what I yeah. mean? Mm -hmm. um, so do you mind, do you mind throwing that in there real quick? Cause I think that's like such a special part of the story too. 
it's it's everything yeah and I, it actually it's gonna come full circle because i know i'm like spitting out a lot and i get so excited talking about combo and just everything involving plant medicine but of course get the most excited talking about deborah mm -hmm. and tim mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah and i i don't talk about it publicly a lot even though it's like the story that everyone would a gift to everyone around so i just still no matter what cannot believe that it's ours you know? And you know you're you're in a safe place right here. You don't need to talk about anything that you don't feel comfortable. Totally. With. You know, I know totally. you know that. Right, yeah. But I, oh, I love you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it comes full circle because the first time that I sat with ayahuasca, there's a debate. You know, which is fine. I think we need to find a different word for debate. There's conversations, right? <laughs> like yes. um, about ayahuasca and working with um, different entheogens or medicines that predict the future, that will show what has yet to happen. Um, and that a lot of people, it's impossible, blah, blah, blah. But firsthand, I'm here to say that it is possible because it happened. It absolutely happened. Um, so I was adopted and I was adopted when I was six weeks old. Um, my mom and dad got divorced when I was one and those are my parents. So whenever I refer to my mom and my dad, they're my adoptive parents and they're my mom and my dad. So I didn't have a lot of information about my biological family growing up. And, um, as an adopted child and into adopted adults, it's very, very difficult to explain to anyone who is not adopted, um, the lack of curiosity, especially as someone who is the most curious person about everything. But this was something that I just wasn't really curious about. And it took a lot of uh, deep diving, a lot of work to understand why that was. But there's a lot of trauma associated to being adopted a lot. Immediately you are separated um, at birth and that, um, that affects you and it shows up in very uh, mysterious ways. And it's interesting now to like look back and look at my relationships and things like this and see how much of that was associated to the disconnect from, you know, being adopted. Regardless, um, when I went to Peru and when I chose the retreat center that I have shouted out to everyone that's asked me since then, since 2016, which is it's called Etnicas, it's in the Sacred Valley in Peru, it's amazing. I chose this retreat center specifically because they had an entire team, like an army of doctors, of nurses, of psychologists, psychiatrists. And I was like, I'm gonna need all that. I need all that, like all of it, you know? Mm. And it made me feel, um, safe so when you have to submit everything before toxicology and you have to have all these different consults fine when i actually got there though you have to still meet in person with the psychologist psychiatrist before you go into the medicine space into the maloka that night and i had a whole list of all the things that i wanted to um focus on with aya the reasons why i felt that i was called and I was talking with the psychiatrist actually um, prior to ceremony when he'd asked me about my family health uh, and disease or you know um, mental health in my family to which I responded that I didn't know. And almost as soon as I said it, 
I was just like, oh my God, oh fuck. This whole thing is going to be about being adopted. And I got so upset and I was like, I'm not here for this. Like, I'm not here. Really the only times that I would think about the fact that I was adopted or finding my biological family growing up was through friends, was through like you guys, you know, and just various people in my life who would see someone and be like, I think I found your mom. I think that might be your sister. It was always more shallow, you know, you look alike or those that of course aren't adopted that are, that are, why aren't you interested? Why don't you want to find them? And when I would get curious and I would look things up, things were different in the eighties in New York. Every state has their own laws regarding adoption. Um, And this was a closed adoption. So in the eighties in New York, if it's closed, the book is the book is shut. You can't do anything about it. You'd have to hire, you know, a lawyer. You have to really seek out like emotional health because the process can be so excruciating. It's very timely, it's very expensive, and it's very emotionally draining to go through this process. And it wasn't that scale didn't tip in the way of me, you know, I was busy in life. I was busy lifing and I had everything else going on. It wasn't a priority. It simply mm-hmm. wasn't which is fine. Um, And then I had a bit of a panic thinking that now this whole thing, I'm in Peru and now I'm gonna figure out all the stuff with my biological family. And I was super nervous, you know, with all the nerves going into this first um, meeting, the intro with Aya. And then in my very, very first ceremony, um, I remember everything, but it was incredibly profound. Probably about three hours into this, ceremony. Um, I was so comfortable and at ease with the medicine. And this is in the pitch black Maloka, right? Completely under the medicine that I was like, okay, okay. So we're here now. Everything is beautiful. Just show me whatever it is that you wanted to show me about my biological family. And ayahuasca, spirit of ayahuasca can be hard to explain this, but essentially grab me. These are complete visuals. So I'm no longer in my body. I'm in whatever space that she puts me in. Um, Took me out of this beautiful paradise that we were in or exploring and then threw me into this room that looked like a jail cell, like an um, interrogation room, fluorescent lights and one of those chairs that would, you know, if you sat in it for too long, would give you those indents like on your butt and on your legs. Yeah. And it was um, just this really ugly room and there was a laptop on the table and she throws me into the chair and I can feel it at the indents, you know, on my legs and my thighs and then opens up the laptop. And it was like, when you're ready, it's going to happen. Basically you won't even have to be ready. This is going to happen. And you're going to know it's going to take five minutes. And she's like, we have work to do. Let's get out of here. And that was it. And that's all she had to tell me about my family or anything about all of that. And I was like, this bitch is crazy, you know, (laughs) like as I was processing everything afterward and like, she thinks I'm going to, because the whole thing in my head was like, it's going to take so long. It's so much effort to find them. It's just going to be so exhausting. How is it going to take me five minutes? Well, four months later at Christmas Eve dinner, um, my mom had, uh, she was telling my, my family and I how she had done an ancestry test. And the next morning on Christmas Day, under the tree, was an ancestry test. So in the same way that ayahuasca wasn't 
what ayahuasca is now, Ancestry wasn't either. People were taking Ancestry tests not to find their biological families at all. That wasn't even part of the conversation. It was to trace their ancestry and to see where ancestors had migrated or immigrated or like where they're from, just geography, everything, right? Had nothing to do with like finding DNA relatives. So um, then we were on break when I got back to the office on January 4th. I am so excited to do my ancestry test because I don't have no information about my family. Um, and as I unpacked the test and I saw ancestry DNA, I was like, I don't, I had this feeling I'm like, I don't, something, something is different here. And this, could this potentially, you know, open the door to receiving more information than just where my ancestors had immigrated or migrated. Quick Google search later, thousands of articles about people finding their families. Mm. So I was like, okay, let the games begin, buckle up. I immediately called my mom and told her about that, um, which was very hard for her. My mom was really the catalyst in this. She, she gave me this, uh, the ancestry test. And it's because of that, that I found my family. So I did the test. I sent it in on January 4th. I got the results when I was in New Orleans um, on February 24th. And when I got the results from Ancestry, um, I had already known at that point that the seed was planted. So if it came back with nothing and no results, it was time for me to go and find her. Um, and if it came back with things, then great. But regardless, seed had been planted. But when I opened the results, um, that night in New Orleans, it came back and my DNA matches. And at the very top, of course, because it has to be there, was Deborah, is your mother? 100% certainty, no question. This is, this is your mother. So I was with um, a previous partner at the time and who knew everything about what was going on. And he was so, so lovely and compassionate and wonderful. And I'm always going to be so grateful to Jamie for being there during that time. Um, he already had it all planned out. He's like, if you get the result, I'm going on Facebook, we're going to do this. And he did. And within five minutes, he found her. And then I found my brother and sister that I had a brother and sister through that too. Mm. So yeah, through a crazy series of events, um, that was before COVID, the other darkest time in my life. It's very, very, very hard to explain the feeling. The biggest one is one of relief, knowing that she was alive. But then comes feelings that I, I, they're just, they're still hard to um, dissect and be specific on each one. It's just an overwhelming. Over everything is overwhelming. Having found her, now what? You know, mm -hmm. I have siblings. Now what? Do they know about me? Am I gonna? What do I do? The timing of everything was so wonderful because of all of the all of the work that I'd already done. It could never have happened at any other time in my life. You know, I had yes. to be ready, and everything was getting me ready. It's kind of mm -hmm. like what Abraham will say. Abraham Hicks, like to be ready, to be ready, to be ready, to be ready, to be ready. And now it's like everything obnoxiously was getting me ready. Everything gets you ready for the next thing, and the next thing. And then we go deeper, then we go higher. You know, it's just everything is setting you up for something else. Ooh. This was a, the big one, mm -hmm. you know.
I reached out to Deborah. Um, she on Ancestry, I was calling the company. I was I was on fire. All I wanted was for her to get a notification to check her Ancestry to see that we'd matched. And uh, she hadn't logged in since October. And my whole world was just, I didn't even know what to do with myself. Like, I didn't know. Because you go through the euphoria of the finding of her and the fact that we're existing in the same reality space or whatever. Right now, she's not, she's not mm. dead. She's not transitioned yet. So I can know her. Um, but then come like the, how do I know her? You know, and why don't I? And then all the things. I finally ended up, writing her on Ancestry, messaging her on March 20th on my birthday, because I figured that was a really uh, common. And then three days later, she finally logged in and saw it. We met for the first time on April 30th uh, this year. Um, very soon, actually, a few days will be our five-year anniversary of meeting. Wow. Five wow. years. Yeah, yeah. And from that day that we met, we have been inseparable ever since. Um, they are the absolute loves of my life. Her husband, Tim, is not my biological father, but to me, he is. We're mm. best friends. He is uh, I'm just so deeply in love with them. And I'm, gratitude doesn't even come close to describing it because there are no words to describe these feelings that are so profound and mm. so deep. Um, and that will transcend every transition, you know, mm -hmm. that we, yeah, it's just the greatest gift of my life, hands down. Um, so when COVID happened and I had to come back to New York, Tim and Deborah were actually taking care of my dog, Pippa. And everything, you know, this, uh, the whole world shutting down, no one really knew how to how to react or what to do. So they're like, well, just, I already sold my apartment, left my job. So like, just come to the house, just stay here, just stay here. And then I ended up staying there for what was almost three years. So good. It, to see you a lot through that was really, um, it felt really great, really, honestly, just to even observe it. Like, what you're talking about, I can't even fathom how good that must have felt. Just as an outside observer, it felt fucking awesome. You were so amazing. You were such a good friend during that time, Just You really were. I mean, you always have been, always. But any time that I would be feeling a certain way that was leaning towards darker or heavier, you would just remind me, like, just look at where you are, you know? And that's all I ever needed was just mm -hmm. a reminder. You'd said something and it stuck with me. You're like, this is just, it's not, this is not forever. This is just a temporary thing and you're going to miss it. And it's like constantly people that are telling you things that we already know. And that's what the medicines do too. Like they're not telling you anything that you don't already know. We just forget shit all the time because life happens around us and we get distracted. It's just remembering. Everything is about remembering, unlearning and remembering. Well, unlearning so we can remember. Mm -hmm. It's literally remembering. It is re-membering. It's like with God mm -hmm. source again. Just yeah, right. Just coming back together, literally remembering. Very conversations of God with, of you. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one yeah. sticks with me. I love that one so much. Me too. And me I love too. You, there was a time too during one of the calls that we were doing, um, one of the ones we do on uh, on Thursday, and there was. I felt like this. It was like a profound moment for you, and like a really 
beautiful shift because it was really hard for you when you first came back. Right? So hard. You're, literally, so your, hard. your dream, your dharma was to go travel the world. And just like that, in an instant, it was all ripped away. Gone. And then Tom asked you a question. And yeah. he, right. And you were still, yeah, I remember you, it was, it was, it was just a real struggle. And like, I get it, but I don't, right. Like I, I get it. Cause I love you. And I can only imagine what that struggle is like. And I fully understand it. No. But then Tom said, he's like, Amy, what do you say? He's like, if you could switch, like, or like, if you could go back to traveling and lose this time with Tim and Deborah or never have it, would you do that? Yeah. And they were like, hell no. And mm-hmm. right there it like sunk in. It's like, wow, thank God that I'm here. I wouldn't trade this for anything in the world. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was like a, and we, you had mentioned it to him, like a call or two after two. Yeah. And I, and I still remember that because it was a very profound moment it was. of been like, wow, like, no, I wouldn't give this up for anything. So like, then what it am was. I so upset about that? I don't have deep, it anymore. Deep, deep realization, hands mm. down. Yeah. I'm so grateful for Timmy for that because he opened my eyes to it. Having these conversations, being able to have tribe and people to talk to is everything. It's absolutely everything. Everything. We're we're just like recycling the things back. Like so many, there's so many times in life where like I'm telling somebody something that they first told me, but I'm just reminding them so that they (laughs) can literally, so they can just remember again. Yeah. And that's what that time was. it, It was this is, and we've talked about this too, breaking down gratitude and how gratitude, yes, it is everything. And it is so important, but how much sometimes I know in this case, that's what I was doing was I was not allowing myself to feel anything that I was feeling because gratitude, I was hiding behind it. I was so grateful to be with Tim and Deborah. I was so grateful to have a home. I was so grateful for all those things that like, I wouldn't allow myself to feel the loss of my dream because I thought to myself, like, who the fuck do I think I am to even feel sadness after having traveled through third world? Like what I've never taken a vacation and I still never would. I travel, I travel, I travel to understand. I travel to see, to experience, to know, and to deeply immerse myself in whichever culture I'm a part of. For this journey and for what was going to be all of it really was a, much of it is third world for sure. And having spent like three months in India, for example, extreme poverty and suffering surrounding you 24 seven, you cannot look away. It's impossible because it's everywhere and it just is. It just is. But having all these experiences and coming back to the country that's fighting over toilet paper, I felt like I had lost home. And then having home with Tim and Deborah, I was so grateful to have a roof, to take a shower. I hadn't taken a shower, like that wasn't from a bucket in like five months or something like that. These these things, these amazing privileges, you know, like, wow. I was so grateful for all of them that I refused to let myself feel the deep loss. Mm -hmm. So I kept disguising it with gratitude whilst not allowing myself to really sit in the sadness and like the mourning, you know, mm-hmm. of what was gone. So um, when Timmy asked that question, he's like, if you could choose right now, travel the world or have this time, this intimate time with Tim and Deborah, what would you choose? And it wasn't, you know, in that moment, it wasn't even a hesitation. Are you kidding? Of course it's Tim and Deborah. That yep. is travel yeah. the world. 
And ultimately, I did end up still traveling and not even the world, like the cosmos and the universe. And it was just an internal journey. The whole thing just became a very different kind of journey. I never stopped traveling, you know, um, and I'll never yeah. stop traveling. It just looked like it, it just looked different. Just you know? a different, just traveling to different places. That's, mm-hmm. I never thought about that for you. Wow. You did stop traveling. You traveled to really deeper places of the mm-hmm. unknown that a lot of people don't yes. go to. You know, with the gratitude of Tim and Deborah, how you were kind of like, like using that, right? Cause you're like, how dare I feel lost right yeah. now? Look, I'm surrounded by love. And it's just another example of both and end. You can feel insane deep loss in something and sorrow and you can mourn something Mm -hmm. and still be beyond grateful for what you have right now. Right. There's nothing wrong. It's just both. There's like, just because you're mourning doesn't mean, well, I can't be, I can't be grateful now. Or just because you're grateful doesn't mean, well, I can't mourn about this thing. It's just, you can do both. Like I love Mm -hmm. the world like that. We so often, and I, and I'm reminding myself as I'm saying it out loud right now, Mm-hmm. our brains are just programmed that way, this or that, yes or no, right or yeah. wrong. I can either feel this way or this way. Mm. No, you can feel all of it at once. Just because you're feeling, I love that, just because you're feeling the loss. I'm not just saying you in this moment, like anybody. Because yeah. you're feeling insane loss and sorrow and grief, that can exist in the same moment that you can feel grateful and blessed and loved. Yeah, it's just like, it's, and like for us to think about this more and have more of this awareness, we're able to experience life more on a grander scale. Mm-hmm. Instead of in a moment having to choose, just being like, it's okay. And it like completely shifts like the psychology of your brain. Mm-hmm. When you're like, it's all instead of, or it's end instead of, or it shifts right. the way you look at everything. You see so much more of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So even in, in that situation, like, like, wow, I'm, I'm really down. How dare I feel fucking gratitude or good about something? You're removing the beauty of gratitude from your life and goes the other way too. If you're so grateful for something and you're like, all right, I want to just hush this loss and hush the sadness. You're also missing out on the beauty of that as well. Yeah. Because you need to sit with and be in that sadness sometimes, most times to yeah. learn from it and to grow from it. So you're even mm-hmm. depriving yourself from that thing as well. Like the negative, like the quote unquote negative thing that we think we don't want, like don't deprive yourself from that also. Yeah. Yeah. There's this quote, Joseph Campbell said, every feeling fully felt is bliss. Like every feeling, if you sit even like an immense sadness and pain, but you're really fully in it and experiencing it, there's something like actually blissful, in the way of just the release of it, you know, mm-hmm. when you fully immerse yourself in that feeling, you don't just stay there forever and you don't want to like, let's not, but to really, really, really understand something and to make peace with it, accept it, explore it, observe it, understand it. You know, mm-hmm. you have to, yeah, I got to get in, get in the weeds. It's so important. It is. And like, just for everyone listening, like we get it. It's fucking scary. Like it's, I'm, we're not saying like, this is easy, you know what I mean? But it's just like, it is also a part of it. Like sometimes I'll catch myself talking about something like it's simple or easy. And I'm like, that's because I know in thought and theory and in spirituality, 
there is that beauty that's there, but in this physical realm, there's also that deep pain that comes with it too. And that's not always easy to be like, all right, I'm going to go for the betterment of my spirit, of my soul, of who I am. All right, let me go sit in this pain. That's hard to do that. I'm not like downplaying the difficulty of it. I just feel like the knowledge of it, I I know there's good there. But sometimes I will, I'll catch myself because I know the goodness of it, but I'm like, all right, make this clear to everyone listening and even to myself that like, I'm not saying this is the simplest thing to do in the world. It's difficult, but in that difficulty, beauty and things can come from it that could never have come from anywhere else. Like you're going to be able to experience something that you could have never experienced through any other thing before. That was actually like a beautiful intro if you were going to explain working with any of the medicines, really, what you just said, because a lot of the time there's, a, a, again, misinformation or people have this sort of impression that it's going to be a cure, whether, you know, I, uh, ayahuasca, working with ayahuasca is going to cure you of your childhood trauma or is going to X, Y, and Z combo is going to cure you of whatever the case may be. But ultimately, they're just showing you the stem of it, the root of it. They're guiding you through the healing of that thing, right? And that's that's what these medicines are. They're properly medicine and they're showing you the root of the cause. They're not just, you know, modern medicine, here's like something for the symptom, not going Mm -hmm. to the root. This takes you straight to the root. And it is some of, yeah, hands down, the most difficult work in the world. With that said, the most beneficial, the most liberating, it's worth every second of discomfort. Those temporary spaces of discomfort for the absolute peace, bliss, fulfillment that we feel after, like letting everything go, letting all that shit go. Mm-hmm. It just requires trust, you know, mm-hmm. and patience. Everyone's just so scared, so scared of themselves, you know, and what's going to come up. It's like, why? Let's just get curious. Mm. That is it. Cause I get scared sometimes too. When I think about doing like ayahuasca again or um, LSD or eating some mushrooms, that fear is, is there, but you're right. It's like, it's a shift in your thought about it. Mm-hmm. Instead of being fearful of what can come up, be curious yeah. of what can come up, be curious of what can be brought to your awareness that you're not aware yep. of right now. Yep, exactly. Because the medicines are not here to hurt us. They're not here to hurt us by any means. It is the complete opposite, but our bodies are amazing. If you're looking at something like ugh, combo, I mean, we call them ordeal medicines. So when you're working with ayahuasca, right? Um, or with combo, or you're working with hape, which is sacred snuff, and that's administered through the nose, or you're working with sananga, which are eye drops. Uh, all of these medicines, <laughs> ayahuasca, you're gonna purge all these different, and purge comes out many different ways. I go deeper into that. Combo, the discomfort there, hape, the exploding. We can feel like this, the physical sensation of it, of the brain and the head, just tremendous tension. Um, or sananga, which is uh, can feel very acidic and um, in the eye. They all, in some way, shape, or form, cause some kind of physical discomfort. But our bodies, they're here to handle it. Like they're so much stronger than we think. So much stronger than we think. And it is in and through the body that we get to everything else. Like there is something that is so primal 
And that reminds us that we are so fucking strong and that we're warriors. They're going through the ordeal of this. It's also on so many different levels, the importance of working through the body because there is no separation whatsoever, well, in anything, but of mind and body. There is zero separation here. The body keeps a score. It will remember everything, all the thoughts. So any kind of like trauma or PTSD or memory or whatever, we can try to forget it. We, we can convince ourselves that we've forgotten it, but the body hasn't. And somewhere in some deep corner or dark space, you know, it's in hiding. We call them like little um, injuries of existence. And these little capsules of like memory or whatever that might be. It just goes deep into hiding in the body. And then comes combo who goes right to the source. Like there's no hiding from combo and all of it will come up and come out, but it's the ordeal of it. And then after that, the release of that is the freedom of that. So, I mean, these medicines, they, they work on every energetic level, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. I just thought about this I, to help like relate, um, a sort of experience like that is like um, everyone is familiar with crying. We've all cried at some point of our life. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when we're crying, it's because we're in pain, right? We're mm -hmm. suffering in some sort of a way. Mm -hmm. But then think about how you feel normally after you release that energy and after you cry. Mm -hmm. They're both there. Like mm -hmm. the hardship is there. And in that hardship is where the healing comes from. In that hardship of you crying and being devastated, that release from you creates that healing for you mm -hmm. right and they're different things and like taking a but you know what i mean it's just like yeah. that that just hit me right now I'm like wow that like helped me even link into that more and yeah. understanding and equating how it's both of those things in a moment where it can be this pain yeah but it just equates to healing as well because like right in ayahuasca if you in in um like i could speak i guess from ayahuasca or from like mushrooms or something like that mm -hmm. You know, there is, it, it is, it gets a little scary, you know, it gets a little fearful and then you'll be sure. in these moments that will dig up that past trauma, but you mm -hmm. need it to be dug up. You need to feel that to. sadness in to. order, right. In order to break through and to have that healing. Totally. And like, I know I, my heart goes out for all my clients to everyone that I work with. And this is like, comes with a lot of practice, daily practice of holding space, truly not holding the person, holding the space for the person to go through whatever they have to go through and for them to know that they are safe and secure and loved throughout all of that to release all of it. You know, mm -hmm. this is deep, deep, deep work. And I mean, I've worked with people, every things that I just, you know, they, they hurt. They, it hurts my heart that humans are a certain way to other humans. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, but it just is, you know, mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. just is. And the fact that they're there and they're doing the work to free themselves of that. I just have so much respect for everyone who shows up, you know, mm -hmm. myself mm -hmm. included, for sure. Um, it's it. Yeah, but you have to go to the root. If you truly want to heal, you have to go to the root. And I don't even know if heal healed, right, is something I've been like, working with this one for a while. I don't know if there is such a thing as healed at all. Mm -hmm. We're constantly, constantly just healing 
because there can't be the end. It's sort of the same thing as we were saying before, like we can't solve, we could, we could solve all the conversations of God, we could solve all the world's issues right now, but then what would we do? You know, life will keep happening. Things will keep stacking on. So we're constantly healing and we're constantly experiencing, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Amy, if you can just um, kind of paint a picture, if you can help explain during a combo ceremony, what yeah. does that look like? How, yeah. and I know you mentioned it before, but like really how is the medicine absorbed? Yeah. And then what sort of experiences are people having mm -hmm. after that? What what does that look like? Yeah. So the combo experience um, should first be mentioned. So again, the combo itself, the secretion itself is taken from the external layer of the frog. And I was trained with the IAKP, the International Association of Congo Practitioners. We work specifically and exclusively with the Matses tribe in the jungle. And the Matses, they're notoriously the combo tribe. They're animists, which means that they have great, great love, appreciation, and reverence for all spirits, all animals, and all life, all plants. And I mean, they're, yeah, this is, this is the jungle. So that is their livelihood. Pachamama, Mother Earth is, is everything. That's their religion. Uh, so with that said, they treat the frogs with the utmost reverence and respect. So the harvesting process um, of obtaining a secretion from the frog is done with reverence and respect. So it's not aggressive. It's, I mean, the frogs will actually like crawl to them. So it's really, really stunning. Um, so they will use sticks, branches, and gently scrape the secretion off the frog onto a bamboo stick. And then the secretion dries and that's how we receive our combo sticks. So that's how I get mine. That's how I have my supplies. It is directly sourced from the Matzes tribe. It's directly sourced from the jungle, from source. I, this is very simple. I simply would never ever work with combo or serve combo if the frogs were not treated humanely. I'm huge on this. Like this is not complicated. That just is. So that's the end of that story. Mm -hmm. um, so then segregation dried, we have the stick. The way that combo is administered, like I said, is through the skin. Um, the top, top layer, the epidermis, the superficial layer of skin. When we say, I call them just opening gates. Um, but a lot of the time, again, with the dramatic, everything is so dramatic and headlines or when you're seeing all this misinformation, um, these are not burns. The idea of burning is not, accurate. It is very important to seek out a properly trained practitioner because of this, because one thing that absolutely, if there's something that affects me so much or makes me notice my reaction to things, it's when I see burns that are, or gates that being opened that are too big or too deep. It's completely unnecessary, completely. It is a very, very gentle flick that can be done. I use twigs that are from the jungle. Um, that's what the Matsuyas use when they're administering combo. But it is a very, very gentle flick of the, the twig. So the very top layer of skin will just be rubbed right off. That's it. <laughs> 
Then the combo from the stick is mixed with water and then it's applied to the open gate. And that's how combo is then received by the body and processed by the body. Mm. So in ceremony, um, what will happen, very, very dependent on someone's relationship to the medicine. There are those that show up to work with combo once a month. There are those that are there with very specific purpose and intention that could have to do with something with a chronic illness, it could have to do with fertility, it could have to do with depression or whatever the case may be. Their first time just wanting to know, wanting to release, wanting to detox. Like there's so many reasons why people show up, right? And because of that, that will also depend on how many points of medicine they will receive or how many gates I will open. There's different kinds of treatments. So if you're doing a basic treatment, um, the first time you ever receive combo, Ideally, I can't speak for anyone. The way that I personally serve um, is very much a traditional. So basic treatment in the jungle, if a woman is receiving the medicine, she will be receiving that on her lower right leg, close to the ankle. Men will receive on their left shoulder, upper arm. Um, when you receive the medicine on the upper arm, because it is the closest to the heart, you will feel the effects of the medicine almost instantly whilst on the lower leg, it can take a little bit for the medicine to start working its way up. But again, that will just depend on why someone's showing up. Intensive treatments, they can be you know, anywhere from three points up to 15. It just absolutely depends. Um, but I am not um, a practitioner who believes at all that the more medicine, the better. I, if anything, I think it's the opposite. Um, can have an effect a greater experience or a more uh, intense experience, you, you know, with three points than 11 in my experience personally. So um, the effects of combo, the way that you feel when the medicine has been applied, uh, the way that most people try to describe something that is indescribable is uh, feeling just intensely sick. You feel a heat rising, starting pretty low, depending on where you're receiving medicine, but it will start to build and build and build and work its way up. Um, it should be said here that there is there are two kinds of ways to receive combo. You can be in a combo ceremony or a sapo ceremony. Combo is when you are drinking water, um, in the process, so prior to the medicine being applied to the skin and to the open gates, you'll have about 1.5 liters of water. I think this can be the hardest part for people, uh, myself included, in the process. Um, but the water is your friend and it works as a carrier to help bring everything up. Sapo is a dry ceremony. So you don't have the help of the water and things are just starting to like, it's like a creaky door. <laughs> So you don't have as much uh, fluidity in the way that things move. Anyway, water can be a great, great, great help. So you'll feel a rush of heat um, and in more of an intense pressure rising up, rising up, rising up. Um, you can feel constriction a little bit in the throat. Sometimes you can feel immense pressure in the head. You can feel different kinds of um, fluctuations of body temperature. We can start to sweat and we can start to make sounds as the body is just adjusting to combo coming in. Um, and then typically you'll have a water purge. 
Um, so the water that you just had drank prior um, will come back up. And once that comes up and out, we really drop into the experience and allow the medicine to do whatever it is that the medicine has to do. We can show up with a laundry list of things that we want to do, that we want to work on, our intentions and all of that. And that's really cool and really sweet. And I will always advise clients to work with intention for sure. But the reason that I do that is so that people can get very clear on things that potentially can show up. So they're not surprised when they do, you know, if there's a certain trauma or something that they've just really been trying to shelve and they don't want to look at it, medicine's going to look at it and it might be better. It will be better to be prepared when that mm -hmm. comes up. So that's why it's great to have the intention and to work with that. It also gives you more time to just have time with yourself and to dig and to get curious, you know, but the medicine will do what the medicine will do. And it knows what needs to be worked on first. And we'll go directly to those spaces to work on that. So it can be anywhere. It can be an emotional thing. It can be a spiritual thing. It can be removing different blocks physically. There's just so many different ways the medicine will work within you and how that will look in ceremony. Um, I think the most important thing to make note of always for me is letting people know and being very clear that purge shows up in many, many, many different ways. And how many times I've worked with people that because they haven't um, thrown up or vomited, they think that they did it wrong or they failed combo or something like this, which, which is totally absurd. There's no possible, that's not possible at all. Um, the purge takes on many, many forms and that can be purging north, right? Or purging south. Um, that can also be sweating or crying or laughing or shaking or yawning. It just can take, this is just energy moving and energy releasing itself up and out, shifting, creating space, opening. Yeah. Mm. So there's nothing to really compare it to aside from, we try to always crystallize things so that people cannot be surprised, you know, um, but every single person, all of us have different relationships to the medicine because all of us are showing up with different experiences. It's impossible to, there will be similarities, sure, and commonalities, yeah. But no two experiences will ever be alike with medicine or without medicine. None of our experiences are ever alike, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's no way of knowing what it will be like. It's just... Um, something to be really excited about and to know why you're showing up and to absolutely be um, sure that you are with a trained practitioner. Um, thank you for explaining that. That again, it even just helps me grasp and understand it. And I like after, you know, um, the one and only time I did ayahuasca the next day, uh, they were doing combo and I was like tapped out at that point. I was yeah. like, I, you know, <laughs> I was just like, wow, I did come, I did uh, ayahuasca and that ceremony was beautiful. I'm just going to sit and be in that. Uh, mm -hmm. So it is, it's, it's helpful just to, you know, I mean, I don't know how many, how many conversations like this are happening. How many people are really being able to tap into a podcast or something like that, where they can get a bigger breakdown or a more of an understanding of what combo is. Mm -hmm. um, and I appreciate so much you being here so that we can spread this message more. And again, just put it out there for people. So at least they have the option if it's something that they want to partake in or not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, there are just so many benefits to combo. There's so, so, so many. The list is exhaustive. It truly is. And there's not, 
nearly enough science out there yet, but it's so fascinating um, because the, so the IKP, they're now, I think when I first was certified, there may be 200 practitioners and now we're almost, almost around close to 400 around the world. But we're all in a group where we're all sharing stories. We're all asking questions. We're all getting really curious with each other. And so, I mean, the stories are just being able to work in a space where I get to be present for miracles happening every day is the greatest gift in the world. I mean, there's no, there's nothing. I can't imagine ever doing anything else or how I even did in the past, but I'm, I know it was all in service to where I am now, but I mean, people being able to be a conduit because I never forget who I am or where I am in this space. I am in service to the medicine. That is it. Like it's not about me at all. There's nothing, you know, I'm truly a conduit between the person receiving and the medicine itself and facilitating that experience so that they can connect with each other. That's why I'm there. And to hold space that people are safe, knowing that they are safe, that they are comfortable, that they are loved, you know, and being Mm -hmm. there in everything in through and out of the experience, which is why I'm really big on doing the, you know, pre-integration and integration following is everything. That's truly, that's the least talked about, but most important aspect of working with plant medicines or psychedelics or it's going to any of these modalities, the integration. Yeah, back everything. into life, right? Back into, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like you I mean, told me, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I feel like you've told me before too that combo is like an, a, an amazing immune booster. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have not, I can't imagine anything anything more effective the um peptides generally speaking because it's really you can never that's why science is really they're unable for multiple reasons really to synthesize there's over now i think there's like over a hundred patents trying to synthesize the compounds the peptides found in combo but they're unable to do it because it's so complex and because anytime that a frog is taken out of the jungle into a lab, combo stops producing the secretion. Combo will only produce the secretion in the jungle. So they're unable to break it down or to synthesize it. And I'd be so curious to see like, what are they actually going to do if they could? Like, if you think that's actually going to help people, I don't know. How profitable mm-hmm. is that going to be? Like, what, what would really happen mm-hmm. with it if they were yeah. able to synthesize it? The movement of everything, everything up and out is just absolutely incredible for immunity. I haven't gotten sick in years. When I did contract COVID, um, I knew I was going to get it because it was when I was back and I was in a dark space and I was thinking to myself like, wow, I'm feeling really, really low vibrational right now. This is definitely when I would get sick. And then like the next day I got COVID. But then at the time, COVID was this, you know, this great, great entity that had been, that took over the world and changed all of our lives, right? For better or for worse. What's the difference? Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really curious about having the experience of COVID. You know, I wanted to sit with it and like really get to know it. Like, what is this? Which was a wild ride because lots to say about that too. But regardless, I was like, I'm not going to sit with Combo yet because I want to know more about this 
this interesting right uh-huh, experience uh-huh, uh-huh. until it was like day three and i was like okay now i'm bored and then i sat with combo wiped it out immediately and it was gone when you purge during combo is that releasing a lot of the toxins mm-hmm. that's a part oh, of oh yeah game. bacteria yeah. infection candida Oh my God. Yeah. And it's great. Cause then my favorite thing is to look into buckets. Everyone thinks it's crazy, but you just get used to looking at purge all the time. And like, it's my favorite thing is looking into the bucket when ceremony is over and breaking apart everything in there, everything. Cause you can actually see, like I can pinpoint candida in a second. It's very specific. Oh yeah. So what comes up, you can actually see bacteria and different kind of microbial. It's fascinating. Purge tells stories. It tells lots of stories. I remember when we uh, did ayahuasca, uh, when we took part in the ayahuasca ceremony, going into it, I've always had like a weird thing about throwing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember going into it and you were telling me that a lot of people purge. Yeah. And that was something going into it. I was like, I kind of like, I was like, is that going to mess with the experience I'm having, hearing all these people vomiting all around me and all these people purging and all mm-hmm. these things. And then when I was in the experience with it, and because I, I thought if I heard them, would that make me start to throw up? Would that make me second guess what I'm doing? Is that going to put yeah. me in this, weird, in this weird environment of like sick people? You know what I mean? It's just like all these yeah. weird thoughts. And when I was actually in it and I heard the people around me throwing up, I felt like gratitude for them. It felt Isn't amazing. the best? Oh. It was wild. I know. I love it. I love it so much. I was like, just knowing there, it's like, ah, oh, this is beautiful. You're purging, you're releasing, you're letting go of these energies and these toxins and these things in you that don't serve you anymore. It's actually beautiful. Fuck yeah. Right? And to have uh-huh. that experience, instead of someone throwing up and being so turned off and being grossed out and all these things, it was like, I saw so much beauty there. It was totally it was interesting. Oh my God. It's the best. It is the best. And it's so funny too, because I mean, I've worked with ayahuasca now for, for a while, for years and holding space for those that are sitting with the medicine and <laughs> crazy things happen, you know, mm-hmm. lots of, lot, lots of wild rides and lots of different ways that people release, but no matter what it looks like, it is such a gift. There is nothing that you can do in ceremony and the way of releasing a purge, right? That is anything but beautiful. Mm screaming at the top of it. it doesn't matter it's moving it's moving mm-hmm. out and you are releasing it what a gift mm-hmm. i mean there truly there's not been a single a single ceremony or after i don't feel lighter it is again no separation when others heal we heal too and that's why there's no healed as if there's a period at the end of it it's consistent because it is all connected and if we are all a collective, then one person doing the healing work, we are lighter because they are doing that work. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's so, it's such a gift. I cannot, I cannot express it enough. So this is, I don't want this to be like too big of a question, but just what is something that you would like to leave people with in terms of combo or the ceremony? Or just I, I, like anything, you know, in what you can re- what you can receive from it, just the overall vibe and energy mm. of it, you know, just something that people who are just very very unfamiliar with it um, or who have never heard of it before, just like something that you can like maybe just leave them with. Yeah, I think that the medicines, these the plants, nature, the gifts that we are given 
are so immense. They're so brilliant. And they are just such a gift. The way that they guide us, the way that they open us up, um, they are truly, truly, truly just such a gift. And I think that always ask yourself why you're doing something. Um, be very, very honest with yourself about your expectation when you ask yourself why you're doing something. Know why you're showing up, you know? Um, being very clear with your expectation, because like I said before, they're not a cure. And maybe it can look like they are, but that's only because someone has shown up and has continued to show up to do the work, you know, to relieve themselves of whatever it is that they've been carrying kind of thing. Um, to ultimately, I think the motto that I'm constantly is just like, trust the process, like just trust the process, do your research, find a practitioner, talk to them. Like I will never serve anyone if I don't have a consult with them and we connect before it's, that's just something I will not do. It's so important to be able to trust, mm. you know, and that's a great lesson. Everything about the process is a lesson, everything. Um, and every practitioner is so different. So the way that I work is different than others because I work with the pre-integration and the post-integration because it's so important. And I remember hearing this um, quote that was like the, you are your most basically aligned. Um, you're gonna be the most effective to serve the person that you once were, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I think about like myself back in the day and all those spaces, mm -hmm. I'm able to hold that space in such a bigger way. And it was because when I was in Peru the first time, no one talks about integration because it's part of their culture. This is just normal for them. You know, it's um, initiation for so many children, you know, in the jungle to sit with ayahuasca or to sit with combo or different things like this. Um, it's so normal there so that there's no such thing as integration. It's not a conversation because they're just with their tribe. Like they're not, I don't mean tribe specifically as indigenous, but also that and just the general, the people that are surrounded by. But when you go and you have these life altering transformational experiences, then you have to go back to the city and jump on the six to be at work, you know, like, yeah. oh man, you, it can leave you in a worse space if you are not prepared. Um, so it's really, really, really important, the integration mm -hmm. part as well. And that's why I'm so big on integration is because I didn't have that and mm -hmm. I didn't know what to do with it. Hence why, yeah, so that's why I went into integration and why I'm so much of a proponent on it. That was, I mean, that was great. If you have more, please Combo continue. And, uh, oh, they're just, they're just such gifts. They're such beautiful, beautiful tools and guides. And um, they are truly all love, even if it doesn't feel that way. It's all love. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful. Mm. Sure. I get so excited talking about any of this stuff that I like totally lose track of everything, you know? You're, I feel like you're just like, you're in flow. You're in it. I just love them so much. I'm just, yeah, it's just so, so grateful. Mm -hmm. It's like you're literally, you're living your dharma. So you're just like, when you're in it, you're just, uh, you know, you're just in flow and rhythm. That's and it, it just comes out. 
It comes out so naturally and beautifully. It's awesome to see. Honestly. Well, thanks, babe. I feel, yeah, you stumble over it. Cause it's like, how do you even explain? That's why we have poets and why we write poetry, trying to express a feeling mm-hmm. yeah. that there's no words to describe. And then, so I'll ask you, Amy, the question I ask every single guest on the podcast, right? So my goal is spread love movement. Not even my, not even my, I don't even like, not my goal, just who I am. That's like, who, exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Who I play with and do my absolute best to show up every single day is to be a person through spread of movement, but through mm-hmm. Justin, you know, through everything through this podcast is to mm-hmm. help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be in that beautiful space that we know that can exist where we are all one. Um, we're all more loving, more forgiving, more empathetic, more accepting of each other. Um, more forgiving, loving, everything. Just like we're kinder to one another. Mm-hmm. We understand our oneness and that when I hurt you, I hurt myself. Yeah. And it's like essentially heaven on earth that as long as we keep saying, oh my gosh, this can never exist here, then it will never exist. Mm-hmm. But as long as we keep believing and knowing, it's just a shift of consciousness. It's just a shift of our thoughts. So does that feel like that shift is very far away from here? Maybe, possibly. Does that mean that it's never, ever, ever, ever possible? Fuck no. Like, no, that doesn't mean that. Just because something is really far away doesn't mean that we can't get there. But we have to know in ourselves that we can get there. If we continuously think that we can't, well, then we never, ever will. We hold the power. It's beautiful. We are the powerful beings that can create this shift. So how do you feel like every day, Amy, in life, uh, you are helping uh, contribute to this sort of a shift of consciousness? Mm, I love that question. I think showing up every single day authentically as who I am, naked in the truth of all of who I am, walking in that authentic space allows others the opportunity to walk in their own authenticity, in their own space, knowing that I am imperfect and that there is no such thing as perfect that's made up. When you are doing everything, everything, your actions, the service that you're giving, being in service to those around you, the space that you are residing in, that you are taking up. If you know that everything that you are doing is coming from a place of love, there is nothing you could ever do that would be wrong or at fault. And if it's judged or it's this or it's that, who fucking cares? I mean, honestly, we have to just let go. It's not about us. We're just mirrors. We are just mirrors showing others who they are and who they're not. And that's all. Mm -hmm. So I think truly walking this earth with great reverence for it, for Mother Earth, and doing all my actions and all my words, they're coming from love. And that's how I contribute and to being in service to the medicines and to those who are called to receive them. Incredible. Love that. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. That was great. You know, and I do like, because it, it takes me back to conversations with God. I was listening to it the other day. Of course, why not? It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah. And God was saying, he's like, you all are perfect because it's like, but we're not, but, but we're not like in this physical realm, like the idea of perfection, like, no, that doesn't really exist. It's, I love, I love divine dichotomies, right? So we're imperfectly perfect. Mm. Like we are in, we are imperfect, but we're perfect. We're in so this perfect. Realm. We are. Yeah. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, I totally agree. It's like so yeah. it's so complex, right? Because there's no such thing, but also we are it at the yes. same time. Yeah, I know. Because yep. you can't, we look at perfect in just the modern day society or whatever. And exactly. that's totally yeah. subjective. Like everything is really subjective. Yes. Everything is pretty subjective. Um, or like my perfect may not be your perfect. What, like, what does that even right. mean? Like, what is even perfect? Like in, in this 3D realm, like, what does that even really mean? And mm-hmm. the fact that like we quote unquote make mistakes or quote unquote fail, because to me, those are imperfections, but those are beautiful parts of life. Like quote unquote failing is the perfection of your life. Totally. Is our perfection. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That's we are, we're both. It's just a divine economy. It feels like they both shouldn't exist at once, but they do. Like we are perfect here. You remove yeah. your soul, your energy from the universe. Everything else shifts and changes. It doesn't operate the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all perfectly here needed. Our souls, our vibration, it is perfect in the construct of the universe. Totally. Yeah. And, Amy, and before we cut out, if you can just let people know where they can like find you on social media, um, websites, where people can reach out to so they can do a consultation. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. So um, Ajo Combo is the name of my practice. And it's really simple. It's at Ajo Combo, A-H-O, K-A-M-B-O and ahocombo.com. Love it. For real. If you're if this conversation intrigued you in the slightest bit of way, everybody listening, reach out to Amy. Literally, just get some more insight on it. See if this is a ceremony that you want to take part of, have a consultation with her. Like, why not just open our awareness and understand other parts of this reality that can heal us? Yeah, for sure. And it's like all the healing things can exist. They can all be there for you. But if we don't, if we don't, I don't want to say use them, but if we don't grasp them and we don't put our attention into them and experience them, then they might as well not even exist. Yeah. And there's just so many modalities out there. There's so many practices. There's so, there's so many different kinds of therapies of everything out there. So just get really, again, curious and be honest with yourself for like what feels good and what doesn't, what is stemming from a place of intuition or what's coming, you know, you're not doing something because you're scared or it's fear-based. You know, we just have to be really honest with ourselves because it's not for everyone. There's so many different forms of everything that's out there. Yeah. But if you feel called, you know, by any of these Amazonian shamanic medicines, then mm-hmm. we're here, we're out here. And we're here to serve. Yeah. And it's like, we're not the ones to tell you if combo will serve you. Mm-hmm. You are like you are right. Like right. everyone listening, it's you. It's not us. Again, this conversation was just to give you access to other information and just to have mm-hmm. you be aware of something else that exists out there. It's not us telling you that, yes, this is definitely going to work. It's you. Only you yeah. can know that. Like yeah. they talk about this in conversation with God too. It's like, listen, don't even believe everything that I'm saying, just go try, <laughs> like literally try it and find out for yourself. Like you only yeah. know one experience of it. If it does That's not it. resonate with you, cool. Exactly. If it exactly. does, cool. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A, right. Yep. And I am, I mean, I have not had a single client who has not after, afterward been so unbelievably proud of the work that they did. And that in some way, shape or form or many, you know, have not been moved or have had perspective shift Mm. in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And like the only way out is through. 
like the only way out is through mm -hmm. and any kind of discomfort that we feel in those temporary moments is just that it is just temporary mm -hmm. uh right like in moments this too it, uh, everything is always changing in every single moment yeah so everything is temporary the pain that you're feeling right now it's only temporary the insane joy you're feeling right now it's only temporary that's it yeah and i'm just i'm so so happy to be <laughs> to be alive but to be alive during a time where this movement is coming in um with such momentum in such a big way and as much as as i'm excited for it i'm also i get a little bit nervous you know with the um influx of quote unquote practitioners or people that are out there that are not out here with any reverence whatsoever for the plants or for the medicines. Um, and I am very protective of that space because of the need to, you know, protect the plants, protect the frogs, protect these medicines. Um, so again, it's just important for people to do their research, you know, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And to yes. see what feels good or what they feel connected to or what's in alignment. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It, this is like across all of life too. It's like not just combo where don't in life, we need to, I think collectively start to move away from the idea of, okay, tell me what to do. Okay. Tell me if this is good for me. Like same thing with combo. Like we're not telling you that this is definitely good for you. We're not telling you to nope. absolutely go on this path, experience it for yourself. So like in everything yeah. else in life, Let's let's move away from being told this is okay or not okay for exactly. me. Let's go experience it ourselves and determine it for ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's great, you know, to some extent to have accounts of it so you can get a yes. few different testimonials. Okay, this is this could potentially happen. This is something, this is something, this is something. But again, no one's ever gonna have the same experience with ayahuasca. No one's gonna have the same experience with combo, you know, or hape or snanga or psilocybin or anything it's mm -hmm. not going to be the same it will be same same but very different yes yes yeah uh, uh this is amazing thank you so much for coming on here and just sharing yeah, your so dharma uh, so uh, of good course. and uh, you know having guests on the on the podcast you can really and it's like all of them pretty much but you can really tell when people are in their yeah. element and they're in love with what they're doing it shines and it shines with you and it's just i really just get beautiful. so excited I know. <laughs> uh, so thank you for just living your truth, being who you are and serving like you're serving that. Uh, our greatest gift that we can do is first work on ourselves, be mm -hmm. the best version of ourselves that we can be so mm -hmm. that we can show up in the world in the best way. And then also it's not, it's not like this or that. And also serving, being yeah. there for each other, loving each other, serving each other. Like you're helping people have these massive breakthroughs, shifts of reality, these immense healings that people mm -hmm. are able to experience and it's through your mm -hmm. service. So like, love you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks to everyone who shows up and I love you. Thank you for saying that. And thank you for all your service, babe. <laughs> your service to everybody. It's so beautiful. You know, I'm so proud of you. I tell you every second. I appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Everybody, thank you for joining in on this conversation. Definitely check out Amy, reach out to her. If any of the things that literally we talked about piqued your interest in any way, shape, or form, if you feel called in any way, shape, or form, it's because it's calling you. Mm -hmm. you, you, were, you were driven and directed towards this conversation for a reason. So if it feels mm -hmm. good, look into it more, pursue it, and then make the decision for yourself. Yeah. Experience it, and then you'll know. All right. Love you all out there so much. Thank you again for being here. Amy, so much love for you. Thank you for being here as well.
So much um, love for you, boo. I can't wait to see everybody next time. Have a beautiful rest of your day. We love you so much and we'll see you next week.